1: This is a Frightfest 2014 special of It's the BritFlix.com podcast This is a Frightfest 2014 special of It's the BritFlix.com podcast Welcome to another BritFlix.com Frightfest preview special podcast I've got with me today And give us your name and your role in the film, please.
0: Sure, I'm Jessica Cameron, and I directed and star in the film Truth or Dare.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. And for for those that might not know anything about it, do you want to give us a brief synopsis?
0: Sure, it's about a group of friends who play online games of Truth or Dare, and everything goes horribly awry when their number one fan decides he wants to play.
1: (laughs) And it certainly does.
0: Yes, he definitely does.
1: <laughs> now, if um, if 50 is equal parts scare to equal parts gore, what would be the ratio for truth or dare?
0: Well, it's probably ten ninety because it's not it's not scary in the like it's scary in the sense that you fear for the people involved. Mm. It's not scary. We don't have anybody uh, you know running through a house or anything like that. It's pretty. It's a self-contained film meaning most of it takes place in one room so you fear what's going to happen but you know it's not going to be good <laughs> you know so so there's not that like scare of like oh my god they're they're running through a field they're going to get away we don't do that to the audience we didn't feel it was relative to the story we we thought about that cuz it's kind of like the stereotype right when you have uh, people being held hostage effectively there's always that moment where it's like they get away but not really but you think they do but they don't um and we ended up not using it for the final cutting but we did film something like that we just felt it was too stereotypical and it wasn't accurate to the story
1: well, that's interesting that you filmed it anyway but it was something that uh got lost in the cut it did get lost so um people can see the film on um monday the 25th of uh, august in Discovery Screen 1, and it's showing at uh, 15.30, is that right?
0: Correct. Uh, actually, I think it's 3.30. Is that 3.30? Yes, it is. Yes. I, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm Canadian, and I live in America, so we don't even really use military time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading off a sheet. I'm, I'm not military uh, thinking. Yeah, 3.30 p.m. would be the time that you're you're, you're willing to hear. Correct. So, you, I mean, you were, as well as directing it, you were involved with the script, weren't you, as well?
0: I did. I actually co-wrote it, although it's not a real co-write credit. Honestly, uh, people like to to sort of focus on that, but it's more like um, I, I I had input in the script. I had some ideas well, no, no. for it's, like it's, tortures. It's, it's, it's not about. most of the
1: So all I was thinking was, um, when when you were in the scripting stage, what what were the um, what were the challenges? storytelling challenges that were that were the hardest to resolve in terms of, especially given that you set yourself, I'm guessing, the parameter of the contained location to set most of the action in.
0: Um you know what? see, and that actually wasn't that hard because that was all appropriate to the story. Uh, the hardest part was telling the story properly and effectively, without without really without making it boring. You know, like the story has to move. And I'm really thrilled. We get a lot of compliments on our pacing. People are saying like, wow, yeah, it's really excellently paced. And I, I really wanted to kind of do something different. So the pacing really kind of just builds, 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 builds. That's pretty much about 21 minutes in, you're kind of on this roller coaster and you're not getting off until 84 minutes unless you have to, to run away to vomit, you know? <laughs> Uh, So I kind of really pride myself on that and I think we did a really good job not only in the filming but also in the editing of making sure that it flowed that way because that was totally intentional. Um, But that was kind of the hardest part is how do you prevent it from getting boring and stagnant and repetitive? You know, we really wanted to keep it moving. We really wanted to keep the character development going. We really wanted to um, inflict emotion and thought on the audience. So that was definitely the largest challenge we faced when we were working on the script.
1: No, no I, I would, I would, I would join those people that have congratulated you. I thought that the, uh, the, the natural escalation was really just kept going up, and up, and up, and just when you thought you'd either, not, not squirmed enough or not looked away enough, there was another reason for you to, uh, to not. Or there was a in in the kind of first half of it, the kind of the revelation, the way you you teased out the revelations about who's who was uh, was a kind of a nice entree i suppose for what was to come later
0: Thank you. I really wanted to... I, I'm a very big believer that you you know very few people, honestly. You know the person they present themselves to be, but you don't really know 99% of the people you interact with on a daily basis. We just don't. We'd all love to believe we do, but we don't. So I kind of wanted to explore that in, in this film. And also, as you see, like I'm, I'm such a social media whore. I really wanted to sort of explore that angle as well, because we are in this day and age culture where you're able to get this instant fame by doing really nothing.
1: No, indeed, indeed. I mean, I think I think that uh, I think that that you and I connected on Twitter, unbeknownst yeah. to this 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 part of the process ever coming up via a friend of mine um, who said, "Oh, you do horror, and you do horror, so have a little chat on Twitter." So I just think there's been occasional occasional bumping into each other in social media, but then it was not until I mentioned to him that I'd, I'd like this film, and he went, "Oh, that's Jessica," and I'm like, oh, "Of course it is." <laughs> Of course it is but that was that was the weird thing it, I didn't actually I'd, I'd, I'd almost like separated the two you know the f- watching films and, and and the Twitter thing but then obviously um it was easy to join up one site once I had my brain in gear
0: yes I completely concur
1: now um with with those with those story challenges sorted and with the eye on the contained location what what from a directoral point of view what what did you see as the the main change the main changes main challenges? For you to get the most out of that set, and in and in so much of, you know, where were the kind of for want of a better expression money shots that you were going to try and go for? Where you know, you obviously, if if that's the big bits, as it were, that's where the uh, the greatest financial exposure comes from as well.
0: You know what? The biggest thing that we had to deal with there were the effects because I really wanted an effects-heavy film, a practical effects-heavy film, I should oh, clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we we actually started working with our effects literally on day one of pre-production, which was January either 2nd or 4th mm-hmm. of last year. So we literally worked with her from then until our first day of shooting, April 25th, to try to maximize our budget because there was a lot of things that we wanted and they were very expensive to do but there's cheaper ways to do them if you have time on your side so for ex- like you know we have a there's a stab there, there's somewhere on your body and the actual appendage what we did is you know we could buy a, a f- we could have the actress's body part cast and make a like a silicone or latex f- blood filled body part and then stab it so it oozes out. But that's very expensive and very time-consuming. You know, okay. it's thousands of dollars to do it right. Hmm. Or when we, we talked with our special effects genius, Carrie Ann Mercado, who's brilliant oh. if you're in L.A., you absolutely must use her. There's She's brilliant. And she came up with this way that she could basically buy a foam body part and then... Uh, actual, actually paint it to match the actress's skin tone, which she did so flawlessly. Wow. And then we used it, we got one that was about 20% smaller than real life scale, and then we positioned it closer to camera, and we shot... Uh, the two sides, we shot the actress interacting, and then we shot that against a green screen, and then we did a direct composite, and then we put a hole in the actual appendage, and then so that when it was stabbed, the blood would come out, and it would look real, and it would hit the actress in the right spot, mm. and it looks seamless, so that actually cost us more time, but because Carrie had months to work on it, it wasn't a problem, because she had obviously paint the arm she had to do all this stuff so it wasn't it wasn't a quick fix but it actually only cost us $40 for that foam appendage and then she just painted it so we really tried to work uh with things like that where it's like what else can we do that's not sacrificing the shots and the angles and the development and the gore you know because I didn't want to just do be like hey okay we're going to do all this off screen I hate that as an actor I hate it as a horror fan I don't like that i wanted to keep as much of it on screen as possible we did end up cutting out a little bit just because it's already a little bit repulsive and we get a lot of people gagging so some of the shots that i'm because i'm a gore hound you know i wanted to hold a little bit longer on you know the intestines here or or whatnot but it it was a little bit too much for 90 percent so we had to tone down the amount that we held on it but you could see it long enough that you get the point and that you could see the production value that we fought so hard to keep Mm. in the actual gore effects
1: Wow, I mean, that's it's 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 um, it sounds like working smart, really, as much as anything else. To uh, yes, to...
0: I'm a big fan of working smarter, not harder, and really trying to make the best of what you have. You know, and trying to do right by everyone. You know, I, I tried to make sure that I had the strongest team around me to to ensure that the film went off without a hitch, you know, and to make sure that, hey, look, you know, our wonderful effects, Carrie and her work was shown under great lighting with a great camera. You know, I really thought to try to do everything the best that I could. It's ironic because everyone's always surprised um, because I've never directed before. Like, this was literally the first thing I ever directed, and a lot of the time, people get their starts with shorts. They get their starts with, you know, various other things. And for me, it was this feature film. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of learning from other people's mistakes. And I like to think that I've done that, and I've done it well for many years. I've sat back on film sets, and as an actor, it's not my place to correct a director or a producer unless they ask for my input. So I sit back and I watch, and I watch without judgment, and I can tell objectively, did something work or did it not work and then I kind of just make a mental note, like, heads up, this doesn't work when you do this. This does work, you know, and kind of try to use all that input towards this film. And I think it worked really, really well. I'm, I'm really pleased with the outcome. Uh, the audience response has been fantastic. The horror fan support is huge. Um, so, yeah.
1: Well, can you, can you give us, uh, without obviously without naming names, can you give us a, a, an example of something that you've, you've observed from, from that objective distance and then you've applied it to Truth or Dare?
0: Um, So, for example, i I worked on lower-budget sets where they've rented hotel rooms for the cast and crew, and then you get everyone traveling, and you come to set and you film. Uh, But in my experience, I've seen it done wrong so many times. If you have minimal time to shoot a movie, in this case, we shot nine days over 11, you don't have that extra hour, two hours a day for everyone to travel. The cost is prohibitive of doing so. You know, it gets everybody elated. It gets everybody, you know, tired and exhausted because the travel time is so much. So, when we looked at this, we literally looked for the largest house we could find so that we could put everybody together and they could film on location while staying in the same location. And the point being that when we wrapped, you were done. You literally, we could close up the set and you could go to the other part of the house where we were staying. And there was no travel time. We had to omit that. We really wanted to because again, it was one less thing to organize, one less thing to worry about, and one less thing to try to deal with. And I think that was really proactive of us. And I think it was really smart financially, as well as time-wise, when we're working on such a short schedule, It was really what made a huge difference. And also, honestly, helped our actors to bond. You know, everybody had a great time. And we really found that because people were having so much fun on the very, I think we had one day, our longest day was a 16-hour shoot day. Hmm. And it wasn't a problem. Like, nobody was like, no, we're not going to do this. How dare you? Because everyone was in it for the same purpose of making the best quality film. And I think a lot of that came from this sort of filmmaking family mentality that we had on that set.
1: It's really it's really interesting that the, 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 the example you cite is more about the practicalities of making a movie than the pressure on you to direct the movie. It's uh, and, and, and I, I totally concur. I think that the more you've got everyone on side, the less the less hassle you make getting to and from the shoot, the the better everyone feels about doing the job they're doing.
0: Exactly.
1: Which is obviously which exactly, is obviously and you,
0: again, like when you're working twelve hours, that is crucial.
1: Yeah, and obviously for you wanting to get the best out of everybody that you're collaborating with, then you know, you know, you've got more, more, you've got the trust you can build up right in front of your very eyes. Absolutely. And um, so, when when you were uh, when you were do, when you were do, so you say what nine days in eleven? That was the shoot.
0: Yeah, we shot nine days over eleven.
1: Well, oh, right. I'll just give a quick round of applause for that as well. Um, uh, what was? Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. What was the? Um, with it being your your uh, Derek Jules debut, what was your uh, from 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 what you achieved with the camera uh, and with the crew and, and the cast? What was your kind of sort of prou- proudest moment or? Um, the, 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 yeah, what was, your, what was your proudest moment for what you got in the camp? Mm.
0: My proudest moment from what I got on the camera, that's hard to say. I mean, honestly, every day there were things that I was really thrilled that we got. I I think it was probably honestly like the emotional the emotional reach I got from my actors which I, I have to be honest I kind of stacked the deck because we started casting it uh, before the script was completely like before we st- started doing final drafts of the script we wrote a script uh, we wrote our first draft over a year before and we had people in mind for it and then over the next year I would go out to all these people that were mostly my friends and be like hey look I wrote the script I think you're really great for it you know are you interested and to my shock you know Debbie Pinn, Brandon Bentley, Ryan Kaiser, Heather Dorf were like yeah yeah, let's do it, let's do it, absolutely. So I kind of got the best cast and crew I could have ever planned, Hmm. you know, Um, so every day, like, we had such emotional scenes in the movie, and it had to sell. If you torture and gore and fear, I believe if the actors are not, not selling it, then it's hard to stay into a horror film, and I think that that's often one of the biggest problems I have with independent films is A, their lack of professional minimum standards, and then B, the actors involved often don't reach the depth of the, the what their characters are going through in terms of fear and and pain. No, so it's, 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 every day, you know, I, like I know, um, there's one scene where something bad happens to Dev, and she just sold it, and everyone was quiet. Devony Penn, and everyone was quiet, and nobody sort of even when I called cut, nobody really wanted to talk or do anything. It's just like, okay, next shot, because we were all kind of so uh, mortified
1: mm. <laughs> that
0: she did, you know. And then looking back at the footage, it's beautiful and it's perfect, and and she was so great in it. Um, so I mean, every day there was something.
1: And how did you find directing yourself? That must have been an odd experience compared to being directed by others in the past.
0: It's a nightmare. I don't like it. I I don't (laughs) like watching playback of me in the camera. I don't recommend it. I don't intend to star and direct again. I I do believe quite firmly that you sacrifice one or the other. I don't believe it's something you can give 100% to both sides to. I don't. As somebody who's done it, I don't believe it. Yeah. I believe the film would have been stronger had I directed another actress in my position. Hmm. I think I could have, I I think uh, juggling, not juggling that would have made it an overall better film. Uh, And if I could go back, that's probably what I would do. But it's hard when you're working on independent films because you're like, okay, well, nobody else is going to promote the movie like I will. Nobody else will bring the press like I, I can't can mm. you know, so I kind of had to be at that point because it was something that was so close to my heart because um, I didn't know another another actress that sort of was my type that I wanted to trust, you know. Um, so it was kind of like, what do I do? I'm, I'm stuck in an, an idealistic uh, situation. So I actually cut a lot of my own lines from the film because I just felt they were, you know, not up to par. Um, and I'm really glad that the other actresses, you know, again, were much better at, uh, taking direction for me than I was with myself. It's And it's just, it's hard to be, it's hard to, it's hard to be in the scene and then stop that emotional train and get up and watch the playback and then make the corrections and then sit back down and get back into that emotion and then go. It's just really hard. Um, and again, like I said, I don't believe that you can do both uh, right both as well as you could hmm. in the same film.
1: Yes. I mean, that answers another question really about sort of lessons learned from your from your directorial debut, I guess. That sounds a lot like, you know, maybe biting off a bit more than you can chew.
0: I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing about not, it's not, I, biting off more than you can chew, I, I don't think that's necessarily a fair assumption because I bit it off and I chewed it and it's 129 awards. So it's not like it's a that much of a deficit. I just look back and think, lessons learned, I would say more like how to make, how to make an even better film next time. I would not star and direct.
1: Yeah, not, I, mean, not, I mean, I, I should qualify that and say, but from my point of view, <laughs> watching it, I didn't yeah. see the
0: <laughs> Well, thank you.
1: The difference between you and the other actresses as being sort of, oh look, there's noticeably the director there being distracted by other things, you know well, I still believe I, I just, still believe just, your character.
0: Well, I think it's one of the things like I know what I can do when I can focus just solely on the character, and I yeah. don't believe that I did what I can do when I'm able to just solely focus on my character development as an actor. Um, so again like i said it's you know it's nitpicky. here's the thing though it works it works for the film of course you yeah. know it, and I, I'm like, you know, in retrospect, you know, there would have been other issues dealing with another actress on set. It could have, upped, <laughs> it could have upset the apple barrel. You know, it, it film set is really the honest case of one bad apple spoils a whole bunch. Oh, without
1: a doubt.
0: You know, so you really have to be careful that you get a, a, team of people that are all in it to win it and under the same, under the same agreement. You know, which is something that I try to say to like all of my cast and crew when I brought them on. I was like, this is not a glamorous set. You know, there's going to be a lot of food for you. You're never going to be hungry. You're never going to be thirsty. There's always going to be food and beverage for you. However, you know, we're going to work long hours. We're not going to have a bed for everyone. You don't have to double up on beds. You know, there's going to be days where some crew members don't take a shower that day because we only have two showers in the place and the actors take priority because they're in front of the camera. You know, these are just the realities of what we're working within, you know?
1: And what was... um. Was directing something you always had your eye on or was that something that evolved in with you as being as as an actor?
0: No, I I never had any intention ever to do any kind of directing in any way, shape or form. Hmm. Um, I've never even thought about it. I've actually refused <laughs> Producing credits in the past when I've helped to produce movies because for a long time I was so focused on being just an actor and making sure that I was really established. And because I I didn't want to confuse my fans, I didn't want to confuse my friends or my colleagues Hmm. and have them think that I wanted to do something other than act. And acting is still my number one priority. That said, you know, um, it basically, in January when we started pre production, I had gone out to X number of directors, six of them specifically who I thought could handle the material and do it really, really well. And over, it took months and months and months, because basically you go out to them each one at a time, and they look over the materials, and they spend a week or two reviewing it, and then they get back to you. So it took a lot longer than what I was hoping for, um, because nobody's ever really in a rush, at least not the way that I like. I like to keep a very tight timeline. (laughs) So, you know, months were passing, and we found that, like, essentially three of the six came back and said we couldn't do it unless we, they wouldn't do it unless we toned down the material. And then the other three couldn't do it according to our timeline, Uh, And we didn't want to push the shoot schedule because I basically had the actors that I knew were perfect for the roles Hmm. for a very small window where I could get a great deal because they were working on paid projects that were really comfortable, like literally the weeks before and the week after. So I knew that I was like, heads up, if I push the dates, I'm going to lose someone because it's just not, you know, I can't find that specific window of time for these three actors specifically. And they're the three that I really want. Um, And then as far as trimming down the material, I thought that that would be doing a disservice to the story and to the horror fans, which were really one of my number one priority in servicing. So the horror fan, I wrote this from a place of, here's what I'm not seeing in the genre today, and here's what I want to watch. So, uh, it was Devaney Pinn who actually said, Jessica, you really need to step up and direct this. I mean, you already are anyways. Like, the way that you're talking to us as actors, you know, your vision when you chat about it, all this stuff, you're really doing the director's job right now. You're just not calling it that. I think you could do it, and I think you could do it well. It was honestly largely with her
1: um,
0: encouragement that I decided to take that leap.
1: Wow, That's, a sort of a you, so you, that you, was you, how I came to direct. Yeah, I was very so great,
0: i you, a directing.
1: Yeah, you, um, you you evolved into a in, in, into a leader that was naturally named a director on a film set. Yep. <laughs> that,
0: I'm really glad, though. Honestly, here's the thing. In retrospect, I'm glad that I directed. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I think it wouldn't be as strong of a film if I got somebody else because it was so close to my heart, um, and it was a story that I believed in so much with so many people that I think are so talented. I really worked my ass off on making the film uh, what it is that you see now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's a genuine it's a genuine thrill ride, and, and, I, and I think the fright fest audience that go and see it are gonna have, are gonna have a lot of fun. And as I, I mean, as I wrote in my review, you know, if you don't squirm in your seat, I don't think you're human. Um, Yeah. um,
0: And, you know, I love that you use the word fun. One of the things that I've felt for a while now is that horror films are becoming less fun. The filmmaking process for the horror people, like directors and such, is less fun. And here's the thing. It should be fun. Going to the movie should be fun. Killing people in a horror film is fun. It's fun. (laughs) You know, I want to bring the fun back. It's not real life. It's not serious. It's fun. And I think, again, like I said, I, I, for me, I'm happy. I think it turned out really, really well.
1: No, 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 I, 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 I totally agree with you. I, I, but it's interesting that during the process of trying to get all the directors attached, you, you, you were getting that comment of toning it down. Was was the was there any was there anything that was is there anything that has been off limits in terms of that that has been lost that we've that we don't see? Or did you did you achieve everything in terms of where you wanted to go? You know but, what?
0: We shot everything. We did tone down the amount of exposed gore.
1: Okay. A little. Um, and
0: only because we had so many people that were like, uh, the, and it wasn't because, again, it came from a place of what the fans wanted to see. Mm. So as a gorehound, I'm naturally predisposed to, to seeing everything. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Um, but we just found it was a little bit too much, so we did tone it down for the audiences involved, just a touch. Again, nothing major, nothing huge. Everything that I wanted to show is still there. It's just in a little bit less in many cases, um, just because it was just a little bit too much, you know. Uh, there It was just a little bit too much for the most of the audience to take. And I didn't want, you know, we always get one or two people leaving a theater ready to Vomit. I didn't want twenty people leaving the theater ready to vomit. Um, I thought that. it's trying to it's trying to push that thrill ride to the highest highs, like make the roller coaster ride go to the highest highs, go as fast as possible without making people fall off the ride.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and also you've got you've got it. It also stands up as as, as, a, as a as a satire as well. What you've done with Truth or Dare, you know, the notion of um, infamy and notoriety through the web, as we as we see every five minutes. And then you get that natural jump, which is when... I mean, we're talking about the opening scenes of the film here where you're on a chat show, so suddenly the world of the viral is now part of traditional media and you get those crossovers between, you know, what's the internet, what's, what's mainstream and all those kind of things. And then... At well, exactly. Bo- and I was going to say, at the bottom of that ladder, you've got these anonymous fans, as it were, who, who you don't know who they are, who we don't know who they are and, and I think you, you you sort of use that that mechanism really well because obviously it comes it can come back and bite people and uh, and it bites really hard in this film.
0: It does when it's like that notion of as well, you know what is real and what's not, you know people on the internet, how real are they? We don't really know. Yeah. you know what I mean. Um, you can't tell really what's real and what's not. You know, when I when I interact with somebody on Facebook that I don't know who lives in a city that I've never seen face to face, I assume that the person that they present themselves to be is an accurate representation of who they are in real life. I don't know for a fact that that's that person. Mm. I, you know what I mean. That person who's pretending to be a 32 year old guy could very well be an 80 year old woman. I don't know.
1: Mm. Um, one question we like to ask everybody on. Uh on the Britflix um, podcast is to recommend a British horror film. If you were talking to your American buddies, what British horror film would you recommend they watch?
0: Um, you know what? Have you seen one called Mom and Dad? Yes, I have. I believe that's British, and I highly recommend that film.
1: I recommend that too. I put that in my uh, my 20 British horror films you should see.
0: Yes. Um, I think it's shocking how few people have actually seen it.
1: Yeah, because it's. I-
0: Good film. Like I, I say, it to horror fans all the time. I'm like, how have you not seen this film? It's exceptional.
1: Oh well, I'll pass. I'll pass on those words. Uh, Stephen Shield, the director, runs a horror festival up in Nottingham, in the mid middle of England. Yes. Yeah, called Mayhem Festival.
0: Oh my word! I had no idea that he ran Mayhem. I think he's brilliant.
1: Mm. No, I had him on the podcast last year promoting the festival.
0: Sweet. Good there for you. Go. No, I think it's a it's an exceptional film. Um, and I like films, that's why it took me a minute. The films that stand out strongest to me are the ones that I remember, the stories and the images and the characters, and I don't necessarily follow them in my brain as British, American, Canadian, because quite frankly, I don't care, you know? Course, yeah. You get me in as a viewer, you give me something to remember, that's all I care about. Uh, so it's when you ask me really suddenly what's British, I'm like, I think that one is British. i not active. <laughs> I just remember the storyline, the awesome characters, and I'm pretty sure they had an accent, you know? <laughs>
1: No, they're definitely they definitely set. I think it's set around Heath, or supposedly set around Heathrow Airport. So it'll be like I a think little...
0: it is too, but again, it's you know largely set in a house that's wonderfully decorated. It's really strong. It was on Netflix. It was on American Netflix. If you're in the US, kids, you can see it for you know very easily.
1: Um. So, uh, when as the as the Truth or Dare got an official release date, or is it doing the rounds at festivals?
0: Um, right now it's doing festival rounds, so hopefully we'll have a release date sooner rather than later. Okay. Ideally, after Fright Fest, we'll sign our distribution deal. So if you're looking for content, guys, contact me.
1: Okay, okay. And so let's just remind people then, for those going to Fright Fest, it's Discovery um, Screen 1, and it's on Monday the 25th, and it's showing at 3.30 p.m. or 15.30 for those in the military bobbing down to the Fright Fest
0: yes please and i'd also like to give a wonderful shout out to say that the tour which is a short film i star in as well is playing monday at 6 30 in the short film block so please come out and see that too
1: wow so uh so monday's it's, all it's about openers. jessica
0: i dated in london a few months ago
1: ah, okay okay cool well, well what do you want to give us a before you go do you want to give us a brief synopsis of that so we could so people can know what to look forward to Sure.
0: It's about uh, a couple of American tourists that decide they want to go on a private tour of a British manor and everything goes horribly awry. That's always a bad idea, isn't it? I know right never and, and our tour guide is like this dashing London actor and I'm like oh no good ever comes from following these dashing English gentlemen
1: <laughs> never trust them never trust them as far as you can throw
0: them it's really hard I, I start ironically I'm in that movie with Heather dorp who's also in Truth or Dare, right. and Air uh, and she loves so if you ever meet Heather dorp and you're in London hit on her because uh, she's a very easy target if you got a, a, a London accent, because uh, she just She She just work, she loves English gentlemen. Um, but I was like, Heather, if this was real life, we'd be in this situation because of you, because you would follow any London boy anywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, thank you very much for your time on the podcast.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me, and I can't wait to meet you in person.
1: Indeed, indeed. I shall see you at the festival, yeah?
0: Yes, please. I'm so
1: excited. Excellent. This is a Fright fest 2014 special of It's the Britflix.com podcast This is a FrightFest 2014 special of It's the Britflix.com podcast
0: That's twenty percent off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code Staple20. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty-nine each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.